Time for a Stain Gang podcast and time to talk tennis with Scott Lynn. I'm Pete Stein. Glad you could be with us. Please tell your friends. We got pretty good response on the first uh, podcast, so we've not canceled the podcast. We're going to continue doing them. Um, You had what appeared to be a really good weekend against uh, St. Mary's. I know the the women were playing a team that was ranked 14th in the nation and uh, looked like, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, you look like you kind of breezed past them. I don't know. If I know we, you're hesitant. I don't know if we breezed past him. I don't think we breezed past him. I, uh, Bill Maycomb does a really good job at St. Mary's and creating situations on the court uh, that you're you got to adapt and adjust. And his women's team does a really good job. They've been very good for for several years now of making you uh, really focus out there on the court for the entire match. And uh, we did a good job of starting in doubles. We were ready to play, and uh, that was fun to see. And then we, uh, and then the singles, they were great battles. You know, doubles is worth one point, and then singles is worth six points. So, as well as you play in doubles, it's one point, and you have to get ready to play singles. And I thought we did a really good job of that on the women's side. How important is that doubles point? And w- when you're playing those three matches, some of those players are going to play singles matches. Are they using those matches in preparation for their singles? I'm not sure it's in preparation. I think it's uh, – you know that that match could have gone either way. We won five two, but you know it was a it was a battle, and we won a we won a three setter there at three singles, and uh, you know that could have gone either way. We played well at the end, and we uh, played really good at the end of the second set. And Aliche did an, an amazing job of staying focused, regardless of what her opponent was doing in the level that was being played at. It was it was a very good tennis match. It at three singles and so that match could have gone either way and but two singles could have gone either way we were in position to win that one as well and we dropped that one but uh, I thought Hannah I think Hannah continues to do a better and better job of of presenting her game point in point out in the match and I think that's uh, that's really what she really lacked last year and I think as we've gone through this season win or lose she's starting to produce her tennis consistently on points and that makes it really difficult. I think she's a very talented tennis player, and I think that you know as she her focus continues to improve, she'll be very difficult to beat. Uh, as you beat the 14th team in the nation, uh, and I know you don't put a lot of stock in rankings, so I'm not I'm trying not to overplay that, but uh, that's got to be an indication of where your team is. I think for the ladies, it's a nice for them. You know, they've ran into St. Mary's a couple times in the last few years, and. Uh, you know, they've been battles. Um, St. Mary's has won um, some, and we've won some. And I think it's uh, – I think just that alone um, is an important match. And if St. Mary's happens to be ranked at that time, that's that, you know, adds to it. And if, or if we're ranked at that time, it adds to it. And, or both teams are ranked, which both teams will probably be ranked at the end. So it'll be good. Uh, and on the men's side, uh, St. Mary's came in. They were not ranked. The women were ranked 14th. But how did you assess how your men played? I think our – Guys did a really good job. We uh, we had to make an adjustment at three doubles, and I thought they did a great job at three doubles and one doubles starting matches. And two doubles has done a really good job of competing for every point for several matches now. And uh, their communication is excellent. Um, they're doing more and more right things in doubles. And uh, it's a fun doubles team to watch, and two doubles for us, no matter. So I think, you know, from a, a depth standpoint, it's hard for teams to match up on the men's side all the way down our lineup. Um, we'll have to continue to get better. 
um, these last two days, we, you know, we try to work on player development on Monday and Tuesday. And um, so we'll need to get better, but I think our depth is, is really good. And, and again, uh, Bill's done a really good job. You know, there's been matches we've played against St. Mary's where their whole team will do something. And that's definitely coaching. And that's, you know, that's not one player just playing his own style. They're all playing a certain style. And um, so that's, that's a challenge. And they played, St. Mary's played better in singles than they did in doubles against us. And then when they got their teeth into matches, they were tough. And, uh, you know, that's, that's good for our team because when they got tough, uh, the more, majority of our guys uh, responded really well to that. And so but St. Mary's, you know, they had lost a tough one to Lubbock Christian 4-3 the day before. And Lubbock Christian has got multiple guys that are nationally ranked and they're going to be um, a good team this year as well. So St. Mary's is a good team as well. So it was, you know, it's early in the season and, and you know, like we talk about, we'll probably see St. Mary's especially, hopefully we'll see him on the men's side as well, but I know for sure we'll see him on the women's side multiple times from here on out. I'm interested in what you said about St. Mary's in that their players all played the same style. Is that something that that's common? Do you see that a lot? And is that the case at Midwestern State? Does Scott Lynn like to see all of his players play the same style? Well, we have the same philosophy and what we're trying to do on the tennis court. Different players play a little bit differently, but there are times when you go out there and say, this is how we're going to have to play the first 30 minutes of the match, and this is how you need to establish your service games, and this is what a return game should look like. But normally that's not the case. Normally each player kind of gives you a little bit different look. Uh, you know, when we played Tyler Junior College, a lot of their guys played the same way. There's there's subtle differences, but they played similar. And St. Mary's does a good job of, of buying into a coach's philosophy and, and and implementing it. And is that recruiting? You're recruiting players that play a particular way, or is he molding players to play a particular way? Or yeah. And not him specifically, but teams that have this philosophy, are they molding those players after they get them, or are they recruiting a, a player that plays a certain way? I'm not sure you're recruiting a certain player in tennis. You know, it's based, a lot of it's based on level, what you're trying to recruit and what fits your university and what fits your tennis program. I, I don't think it's the same as like, you know, maybe a basketball or a football program. We recruit in a certain style. I don't think that's the case. I think you do adapt. I think you do realize what certain programs, if coaches have coached for a long time and they go against another coach's coach for a while or a player comes from a certain system and they're coaching now, you know, you know that there's going to be a certain style implemented into their doubles and or singles, and so you prepare for that. You said something a minute ago, too, that I wanted to touch on. You said the last couple of days you've been working on player development. What does that entail? Stretching players past their limits at times, <laughs> or what they foresee as their limits, I think. Um, you know, you Monday and Tuesday, especially in this part of the season, but even as we get deeper into the season – if you've got several days before you play a match, you are trying to improve in areas, um, not just get ready for the next match, but really, you know, something that's going to help you a month from now. You start working on it um, on Monday and Tuesdays. Those are good days for us, at least, and maybe for other programs it's different. Uh, I was looking at your men's roster, and I didn't realize when we talked last week, you got a pretty young team. Uh, and you got a lot of – I think you've got three freshmen who are making major contributions for you. Yeah. Last year we had three guys come in in the spring that that also did the same thing. They came in and and they helped us quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I mean we're young. We had <laughs> we we had a lot of seniors last year, 
and they did a really good job in the program for several years. And this year we turned it over and, uh, you know, that's, that's what happens sometimes. It's a little COVID is, is kind of COVID and the transfer portal have really it's a changing world have changed, in. have changed how you really build a program. In my opinion, I think coaches have to adapt and adjust because I think you can build it differently now than what used to be able to build a four-year program. I think now it's it's definitely different, and you have to be aware of that, and you got to make sure you're recruiting young people and and also sometimes mature athletes from other universities uh, that go through the transfer portal. You're recruiting them as well that can really help lead a program and can buy into your culture immediately. But you got a couple of seniors who can serve that role for you, right, in terms of leadership. Well, we have guys that actually their eligibility is juniors. Right, yeah. So hopefully they both come back. (laughs) But uh, we, uh, yeah, Yeah. we've got a couple guys that have played in other programs, and they've done a very good job to this point, and I'm sure they'll continue to do a good job. And they do things behind the scenes that really helps your program. And so, yeah, very pleased with uh, Charlie and and Luis and what they've done to help our men's team for sure. But you're comfortable playing the – obviously you're comfortable playing the freshmen. You're you're putting them in the lineup. Yeah, I don't think it really – it doesn't – to me it's about level and – It doesn't really enter your mind classification. You're looking at the level of play on the court. No, and other things it does. You know, classification plays a role, but on match – you know, on match day, definitely experience plays a role. But our guys are all pretty similar level-wise. And so, you know, it's who's really – we talked a lot about this in the last podcast, who can problem-solve on match day the best and who's ready to go in doubles. And uh, those things are, are very important if we're going to succeed. Um, some players stay in a program for a while, and the, that aspect, the problem-solving aspect, doesn't develop at the speed it needs to. And so um, with this team, there's a lot of guys that are locked in, and so that's fun. And – I don't think it really has a whole lot to do with whether you're a senior or a freshman. So it's not unusual to find a freshman who is a good problem solver? No. I mean, is it unusual? Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. they're still a pretty young person. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we, uh, we, maybe, we got, maybe we got really fortunate this year because <laughs> I feel like we have young people that do a good job on the court and that are learning in practice. I think they – you know, know how to manage their lives. And so that when you step into practice each day, you can develop. Um, sometimes it's difficult for somebody that doesn't know how to manage their life off the court. And school and personal life just play such a role that when they step on the practice court, they're not quite there. And that hurts your development. And that hurts you moving forward. And it may hurt you playing in the lineup. With your women's team, you've got more experience, right? Right. Uh so is does that mean that there's a higher expectation for the women this year? No. I know it, it it you know there's a whole bunch of things that play into expectations. I don't think we change our expectations from year to year what we want to do. The players know the goals in the program and uh and that is well we want to compete for we want to compete for national championships. That's the goal. I mean obviously that's not where we're at, you know, at the end of February, but the long-term goal, that's the goal. And then academically, you know, do very well. So they set themselves up for later. Um, and they present themselves really well to the university and to this community. And then also community service-wise, you know, we want to we wanna go out and give back to this community that's given, given so much. Wichita Falls has given a lot to MSU Texas Tennis. And we feel like we, 
we should give back to them as well. You were also scheduled to play Southern Arkansas, but that was a frigid day here in Wichita Falls. So you ended up postponing that match. Do you know when and if you'll replay Southern Arkansas? And just kind of what was the process on Friday in terms of deciding to postpone that match? Because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a decision you made immediately. No, you're trying to figure out, you know, what the temperature is going to get above freezing. If it gets above freezing, is it going to be one or two degrees? Will it drop below freezing? What's the field temperature? You talk to the other head coach. You talk to our head athletic trainer. We determine what's in the, the best, what's safe for student athletes to be out there. And tennis is somewhat unique because you could be out there for four hours and in certain temperatures, if you're out there, you're out there waiting for 30 minutes to an hour to play or maybe two hours to play, that's, that's pretty hard to get warmed up in five minutes. And so, um, you know, that was, uh, trying to determine that, um, that was, that was pretty difficult because we, you know, Southern Arkansas, um, we, enjoy playing them they we went to their place last year they came here hopefully we get a chance to play them um we're, we're hoping for next weekend possibly uh march 9th and march 9th or 10th uh to, but you know he's got a his schedule has to work as well right. and there's no guarantee of that but we'd probably meet him in the dallas area somewhere and play that match because it's good for both teams next up is uh, southwest baptist uh what are, you, what are your expectations for this match, and what kind of team do you expect to see from Southwest Baptist, both men and women? Oh, they're – I mean, they're solid. They're a solid program. Year in, year out, both their men and women are solid. They, uh, the, they've done a really good job for years um, being a program that you have to come ready to play them. Uh, usually uh, um, they've got players that compete very well in singles, and then – you know, they've, they've got talent as well. So it'll be a tough match, um, men and women. And then the uh, men are also scheduled to play. Uh, both those matches are at uh, 2 p.m. on Friday. Uh, the uh, But the uh, men, I believe, also have a match on Saturday, right? Right. They We play a Wachita Baptist on Saturday at 9 a.m., and that's always a very good match. And they got us last year uh, when we went there and uh, beat us. Um, doubles was tight, singles um, they got us pretty soundly, and so it's definitely a match that you know look forward to playing uh, this year because uh, they're a good program, and Craig does a great job every year with that men's tennis team at Wachita. So it'll be a it'll be a fun one to play. I realize the men and women are two separate teams, even though you're in charge of both. You're the head coach for both the men and women. But how is it different when you have just a men's match, like it's going to be the case on Saturday, whereas most of the the other days you've had both the men and women playing. Well, it just allows you to put all the singles match on on at one time. If you're playing them at two different – St. Mary's, we played at two different times on Saturday. Right. So we were able to put everybody on at once. Um, but Wachita Baptist, it's a situation where we need more men's matches. Um, we don't really need more women's matches, so to speak. We can get plenty of those. Our conference has more women's tennis teams than men's tennis teams, and we're trying to fill our dates. And so Wachita was going to be here. They came down for some other matches, and so we're – we're glad that we get an opportunity to play them. But that's the only difference is we can put all our singles on at one time because we have eight courts out there. So we put three doubles, and then we'll put six singles out there so nobody has to wait, which is nice. You don't see you don't see it as being less taxing when you only have one team out there? In terms of your job as the head coach? Uh, I don't know if it's less taxing. I, I mean, it's I enjoy coaching two teams. And so 
I don't know if it's less taxing. Obviously, there's a few less things to do, a few less student-athletes out there, but, you know, it's still a match, and, you know, we're trying to, to win as many matches as we can. Do you approach the men and women the same? Do you think you're the same coach for the men as you are for the women, or do you have to, to, to treat the genders differently? I'm trying to be the same. It's, uh, you know, 25 years ago, coaching was – there was – it was different. Um, but I think as a coach, it's important to be consistent and it's important to, you know, treat them as well as they'd like to be treated. And, uh, so yeah, you try to do the best you can, but the games are different, you know, on the men's side, uh, the serve and the return really play a much, play a bigger factor in the control of the point immediately on the women's side. That doesn't always, you don't have to have an unbelievable serve or it helps, or an unbelievable return, it can help, but it doesn't really determine on the men's side. Pretty much, if you that's a big proponent, that's a big thing is the serve and the return. So, yeah, on the men's side, there's there's a little bit different. Um, that's a little bit different. Doubles, it's a little bit different in 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 your net clearance on the men's side compared to the women's side. Uh, singles is a little different, but we really try to get our ladies to. You know, we're incorporating drills that in the past, maybe I would have just left for the men's side. The women are doing them this year as well. And I think it's helping them quite a bit. So, and we got a great group of ladies that can take it on. They don't, they come ready every day. And that's a lot of fun for me as a coach. So yeah, if I don't have to change a whole lot, I think that helps everybody. It also seems as though, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like because tennis got such a strong foothold on women's athletics early, there's a lot of really strong women's players uh, and and young girls that play tennis at a young age, and, and that's the sport they choose. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, it's a fair assessment. It's more probably predicated on the fact that it's a world sport, and it's just there's a lot of good female tennis players all over the world, and you know, there's a lot of scholarship money at the Division One and the Division Two level, so that kind of gets spread out. And and I don't know if you know you're. It's there's a lot of good players, and you can recruit from pretty much anywhere in the world and get a good tennis player. And so that's a uh, uh, Seth um, Seth in the Global Education Office. Uh, give him a shout out. He does a tremendous job for us, helping us with international recruiting. And uh, you know we. It's been awesome to have him over there, and so we appreciate everything he's done for us. But you're trying to find the right fit, and you could find the right fit in the state of Texas. You know, Sydney Williams and Skylar Mins. You know, they're they're from Texas or other players that we have from the states. Um, but you can also find the right player. You know, you know from Wells, Amelia Lawson. So, you know, it's not it's not just a United it's States so thing or a Texas different. thing. Yeah, it's so much different for your sport than it is for basketball or football or softball, isn't it? Right. It's, you can, if you know the right people and you know how to evaluate, you can find really good tennis players all over the world. Are tennis players better than they were 25 years ago when you started? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, the game's faster, the the equipment's better. So if the equipment's better, you've got to be quicker. Um, You know, it's definitely a, a faster game and, you know, for a while, the technology couldn't was ahead of the technique, and now the technique is caught up with the technology, 
And so players are playing at a higher level, and it's you know it's fun to watch players that try shots that I'm sure they just saw on the tennis channel, and they're seeing. <laughs> and it's not just Roger Federer or, or Nadal or, or Djokovic. It's players that are at you know top fifty in the world that are making these incredible shots, and uh, you know you'll see our players in, in practice and sometimes in matches hit some of those shots, and it's uh, yeah, but the. The technology was probably ahead of the technique for a while, and now the technique is, is catching up with the technology again, and so it makes for a really high level of tennis. I could talk to you for a half hour about this, but I think we better go. Okay. Uh, Scott Lynn, I appreciate your time. Good luck against Southwest Baptist and then for the men against Wachita Baptist, and you'll be at the MSU Tennis Center all weekend long. Hopefully uh, some Mustang fans will make their way out there. Absolutely. A lot of fans this weekend. That's Scott Lynn. I'm Pete Stein. Thanks for listening to the Stain Gang Podcast. So long.